Parenting your much-loved dog is a relationship like no other. Our dogs are individuals and there is no one-size-fits-all when it comes to training. Hi, I'm Dr Holly Tett, professional dog trainer and clinical psychologist, and each week on Letters from Your Dog, we'll look at understanding specific dog training questions and struggles from your dog's point of view. Thanks for being here. Let's get to the episode. Hi, welcome back to Letters from Your Dog. I hope you're doing well and I hope your dog is too. Before we get started today, I just wanted to tell you about something really exciting that's coming up very soon. It's my favourite event of the entire year that we do at Paws Up Dogs and it's called the Kino Conference. Lots of you have attended before, I know. It's our annual conference that we put on for dog guardians and dog professionals are very welcome as well, of course. And I bring together 28 experts from all around the world to come and talk to you and give their dog and expertise about your dog so we have topics covering oh my gosh almost everything you can think of from behavioral difficulties and how to help with those how to help your dog live their best life how to help support your dog's emotional health their physical health anything you can think of the conference is completely free it's available to absolutely everybody and I would love for you to join. So please do come and check out the link in the show notes that I'm going to put for you. We do start on the 12th of February, so please make sure you get your ticket before then. So 12th of February 2024 and I hope to see you there. So today we're going to be talking, and this is related, how to live your very best life with your dog. And This is fundamental for me because I think we spend a lot of time thinking about what needs to be fixed. And I put fixed in inverted commas, even though you can't see me. Um, We think about problems. We think about things to overcome. Sometimes we also think about fun stuff, hopefully, things that we can do with our dogs together and that we can learn. All of that is great. There's no problem with any of that. What we also want to think about though is how you and your dog can just have a wonderful life together because it's one of those things isn't it where when you see your dog starting to get older or maybe they're not feeling very well you get this sudden realization sometimes that actually they aren't usually going to be here as long as we are depending on your situation and So really making the most of that relationship and you two being as happy as you can be together, that has to be the most important thing. So today I just wanted to share a few of my kind of insights, I guess, and some of the things that I try to focus on with my own dogs and encourage my students to do as well, in the hope that you'll be able to take away some of this And you may already be doing all of these things, and in which case, amazing, do more of it. (laughs) Um, But if you're not, hopefully it will give you, I guess, permission to do these things. Because like I said, sometimes we do feel that pressure. We do feel that that need to, to train all the time. And training is great, but this stuff is important too. Okay, so number one is your time. So dogs love being with us. They, they love they love being with us. They're sociable creatures. And even if you have an anxious dog, even if you have a dog that doesn't necessarily want to be cuddled or a dog that doesn't want to be super close, usually they'll want to be within your vicinity. So they might be in the same room as you, on the same sofa as you, or just outside the room, but they know where you are. They're keeping track of you. So allowing your dog to have your time is so so important allowing them to be a member of the family whatever your family looks like you're a one-person family a 15-person family whether you've got 
other animals, other dogs. Allow your dog to be a part of that family unit. Take part in activities together. For me personally, my dogs are allowed to come up on the sofa. They're allowed to sleep on the bed. I want them to be part of family life. And you make those decisions and choices about the bed and the sofa. But just make sure that you can include them as much as you possibly can. And along with that, offer affection. This old idea that if your dog comes up to you and asks for your affection, that you should ignore them. Where the heck did that come from? I know if I went up to one of my friends and I said, oh, can I have a hug? And they were like, no, (laughs) I would feel embarrassed. I would feel uncomfortable, probably a bit sad. Um, So if your dog trots up to you and says, hey, how you doing? Give them that affection. Give them that little bit of your time and attention. It's only going to help them to feel better. All right. So number two is an investment in their health. So we as people we look after our health to varying degrees but what do we do so we cut our toenails once in a while and our fingernails possibly we maybe get our hair cut once you know some people do it every month some people do it once a year once every few years we look after our skin we wash ourselves we brush our teeth all of these things we go to the doctor when we need to the same is true for our dogs so get your nails trimmed your dog's nails trimmed look after their coat and I know some dogs find this hard but if your dog does find this hard it's important to focus on what we can do to support them so that that becomes an easier process because having a well looked after coat having nails they are going to help your dog to feel better rather than nails that are overgrown they change the posture your dog has to walk differently that can cause all kinds of structural problems for your dog if they have big mats and knots everywhere those are painful they pull on the skin they make your dog not feel good at all i worked with a dog who was becoming really reactive to dogs out and about we didn't really know what a change we couldn't identify a trigger or a trauma It turned out the dog was absolutely covered in mats. It had a really thick coat. And from the outside, the coat looked pretty good condition. When you actually got your hands on it, the undercoat was completely knotted from from nose to tail. And so this poor dog was in pain, so much pain. That's why he'd started barking at dogs and people out and about. Sorted the coat out, reactivity went away. So coat and nails is just one example. Ears, eyes, whatever you need to do for your dog. What about their diet? So an investment in a good quality diet, and I'm not gonna sit and debate which one you should go for, that's up to you, do your research. But feeding something that you know or you hope is good quality for your dog and is gonna keep them nutritionally complete can only ever be a good thing, for sure. So that's really important as well. Exercise, so it should go without saying that dogs need exercise just like we do. If you can't walk your dog outside for a certain reason, what can you do in the house? What can you do in the back garden or the backyard? If you can walk your dog outside, do you just take them on the lead round the block for five minutes or do you take them somewhere where they can run and stretch their legs, have good sniffs and all of that good stuff? So exercise, super important. Now, people often talk about mental stimulation. 
I think there's two sides of this. So we don't want a dog that's bored just lying down all day. No one wants that. Being bored is horrible. We all know how that feels. So sure, we want to do things that are fun. We want to do things that are exciting for our dogs. We also want to do things that are mentally enriching and mentally calming. So not every puzzle, not every Kong, not every chew, not every toy should have the desired effect of amping your dog up. Sometimes we actually want those things to feel enriching and relaxing. So if you come home from a busy day at work, you're not necessarily going to want to go and play a high intensity game of tennis. You might do, but sometimes you might just want to sit down and relax. So what do you do? Often we might watch TV, listen to music, read a book, call a friend. We need to provide an equivalent of that relaxation for our dogs. Okay, two more. These two go hand in hand. So getting regular vet checkups for your dog. And again, if you've got a dog that struggles there, we need to have a think about how to help them with that. But making sure they have a check, you know, whether it's once a year or once every six months, checking their heart, checking their teeth and their eyes, making sure that everything feels okay. And hand in hand with that is you checking. You know your dog best, right? Your vet might see your dog once a year. They're not going to (laughs) remember. They'll have their notes, but they're not going to remember specifics about your dog. So give them a feel. Notice that little lump and bump that's popped up. Notice something that wasn't there before. I noticed something on my dog about six months ago. She suddenly had pigmentation on the end of her tongue that had never been there before notice things like that because they could be nothing just like with us it could just be oh you know that's nothing or it could be an early sign of something that we can go in and intervene and stop in its tracks before it becomes more problematic for your dog so just being aware of how they feel what they look like what their behavior is like as well so that if it changes you can step in and do something okay so that's an investment in their health next up is an investment in patience. (laughs) Bringing up a dog is not easy. You are going to have different developmental stages, whether you have a puppy or whether you have an adult dog. You are going to have times where you struggle, times where stuff is really hard and it feels like this will never be better. And then a few months down the line, you look back and you're like, God, do you remember that time when we couldn't even sit down without him barking at us? Or do you remember that time when we couldn't even be within a football field of another dog and now he can calmly walk past and God, that was a hard time. You do get through it. And when you do, you're like, yeah, get on me. That was amazing. (laughs) Um, So also just remembering that you are living with a different species okay so communication is not always going to be perfect you're going to think you are expressing yourself very clearly and your dog's going to think you're talking gibberish and vice versa your dog is going to think they are making it abundantly clear how they feel and what they want and the human is oblivious so just remembering that, that we are living with a different species and our communication is not always going to be spot on, but we can learn. We can learn each other. And what comes with that? Patience. Patience to be able to take the time to learn your dog and for them to learn to trust and feel comfortable with you. So patience is a massive, massive one for me. And the last one, probably the most important, to be honest, is having some kind of control, I guess, over your own emotional well-being as their caregiver. 
Now, again, this is not always easy. I've had times in my life where I've felt completely out of control of my own emotional well-being, incredibly stressed, incredibly sad, incredibly depressed at times, and unable, seemingly, to do anything about it, just felt completely helpless to change. Um, There are times now where I worry, oh my gosh, I had a really bad couple of days, I felt really low, I really hope this isn't turning into another depressive episode. And that's that's scary for me, the fear that it will go back down that track again. <laughs> um, but what I do now is when that happens, instead of getting panicked and worried, I'm like, right, what can I do? What do I need to do today, tomorrow, the next day to get myself back on track? What support do I need to seek, either from myself, from others, from a professional, whatever it looks like, it really doesn't matter. But how can I look after my emotional well-being to the best of my ability right now? I may not be 10 out of 10, but I might be 2 out of 10 instead of 1 out of 10. And that's what's important. I'll give you a very tangible example. So the last few weeks have been quite stressful for me. I've got a poorly dog. I've got lots of things going on. And I was finding that the first thing to go, and it's always the first thing to go, was eating properly. So rather than cooking nutritional healthy meals or getting them delivered, I was just grabbing chocolate or grabbing, you know, bread or whatever, just to keep me going. But, you know, it's not great. I was feeling bad for it. I was feeling like sluggish and tired and stuff. So I knew that saying, right, I'm going to cook a healthy meal every day, that probably wasn't going to happen. That was too far away from where I was. So instead, I was like, right, I'm just going to make sure that I I get some vitamins in me. <laughs> so I ordered a few of these like uh, pre-made milkshakey things for breakfast that are not milkshakes, they're like nutrition shakes, I guess, that have all the stuff in. Now, long term, I probably wouldn't have them all the time for various reasons but I knew at least that I was meeting the nutritional needs for my body at least once a day and then I also started taking some vitamin c and some vitamin d for good measure (laughs) trying to starve off any kind of colds and things like that but sometimes you what I'm saying is you can't achieve the the gold star the gold standard but you can do something you can you can do a nod towards health or a nod towards emotional well-being and what you're doing when you're doing that is you are allowing yourself to be the best possible version of yourself right now to support your dog and to be emotionally available for your dog's needs and to be emotionally available to meet their physical needs as well as their emotional needs so an investment in you whatever that looks like can never be wasted. Um, When you're thinking about, you know, budgeting for the month, is some of that money going towards helping you to feel good in whatever way that looks like for you? Okay, so let me run through them one more time. So how to live your best life with your dog, an investment in your time with your dog, an investment in their health, an investment in patience, (laughs) and an investment in your own emotional well-being as well. Okay, I hope that was helpful. Quick reminder to register for the keynote conference. I'll put the link in the show notes for you. I spoke about it at the beginning of this episode and I will talk to you soon. Take care. Bye for now.